Praise the Lord. Still trying out technology. Right, would you open your Bibles with me to, and we'll remain standing for the ministration of God's Word. I invite you to turn your Bibles to Psalm number 42. Psalm number 42. In this past week, we have, I have personally received news of three deaths, and there was a, a tug in my heart to, and I knew it was from the Lord, to address this issue of, of how to deal with, with grief. Biblically, please bear with us for this, but we are getting there. And therefore, one of the key psalms that teaches us is Psalm number 42, even though you could go to the psalms Martin Luther called psalms as the hymnal of the soul. You could read any psalm and you could find over there the ethos of human life. The passion. But we turn to Psalm 42 and I would read it in its entirety and, and then we would take a hymn. We'd go into the message. Let's read Psalm 42 and it says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his goodness, his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? 
And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. For the, the help of my countenance and my God. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the Bible. Indeed, it is a practical book. A book that is astonishingly candid about human emotions, about grief and about tears and about pains and disappointments, about anguish, about depression, all manner of true human emotions we see in the Bible. Therefore, we thank you for the Bible. We see the psalmist in a very unhappy place. But yet he handles it well. Teach us, O oh God, to handle our griefs well. Teach us to handle our sorrows biblically. Help us to be truly biblical even in our tears. Therefore, as we look into your word this afternoon, give us the treasure of receiving instruction from this psalm. We look for comfort from your word and it is in your word alone that it is found. Where can we go from you, Lord Jesus? For in you are the words of life. This type of comfort is found nowhere but in your word alone. Therefore, comfort the weeping, the brokenhearted, and strengthen those who are still struggling with thoughts of anguish. Thankfully, we ask in Jesus' strong and comforting name. Amen. Please, let's take our seats and invite the choir to come up. And we'd sing a song written by Annie Johnson Flint. Annie Johnson Flint was a songwriter in the 1900s, in the 1800s actually. And she was acquainted with grief. At the age of six, her parents died. She was adopted. Later, her adopted parents also died. She lived with a sister, but soon found that she had arthritis. Her fingers were curled. It would take hours for her finger to uncurl. Yet there was a song in her heart that she needed to write. So her sister used to push a pencil between her fingers and she used to scribble. Later on, she learned to use the typewriter, but she used to type with her knuckles. She was acquainted with grief. And this song teaches us on how to grieve biblically. Would you rise up as we sing this song?
for on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand we give you thanks god for from the midst of our tears we still have a savior who knows our every infirmity and yet lifts us up we thank you lord we pray once again for abundant grace upon the bereaved for your time for them that are dearly departed has come but for those who are living thank you for the hope in christ in jesus name amen thank you if you could take your seats grief pain and loss and disappointments and tears are part of everyone's life even of a christian this side of heaven you will be disappointed you will be crushed you will have tears you will have pain this side of heaven but then the point is not will we grieve the point is how will we grieve the point is is not will i ever have pain the point is what do i do when i have the pain and this psalmist he does it so well So I'll tell you right from the beginning where we are going with this my my offer unto you through this psalm is that you would be able to see what are the steps you could take and I could take that we would be able to embrace embrace hurts while Christ embraces us how to grieve biblically how to be sad in a god centered fashion because i give it to you that you will be sad because there are people sitting over here who picked up the phone and they heard that their mother died there are people over here who went to the doctor unto whom the doctor gave a report and said you have a malignant tumor there are those who have received a child in the womb along with a note from the radiologist saying that the the baby in the womb has a tumor in the brain and this happens to christians there are those sitting in this room who buried their babies before they were full term and even after they were born therefore wherever you got the news that christians will not struggle it's not from the bible because jesus himself said in this world you shall have what but then he didn't stop there and i thank god he said i have overcome the world 
Therefore, I submit to you that the answer to your struggles is found nowhere else but in He who struggled for you. Now that's the gospel. And that is how you grieve biblically. That you lift up your eyes. As the psalmist said, I lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. It's not from the hills that my help comes. It comes from the Lord, the one who made the hills. Therefore, tragedy is not the end. Christus, your grief is not the end. Christ is. Because he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Tragedy did not say he is the Omega. Your Christ and mine said he is the beginning and he is the end. And when he was on the cross, he said it is finished. And that's how we deal biblically with grief. Follow through with me as we quickly go through the psalm. And then I give you four ways of embracing pain and going through it from the psalm. We might not go verse by verse as we usually do. But I want you to take courage that this psalm is for you. Externally, the psalmist was crushed. We find that from verse 3. He says that he had even lost his taste for food and what he was eating right now is tears. Have you been there? Have you been to the place where you've lost your appetite and all you can eat and drink is sorrow? You're weeping. Jeremiah said, my head is with waters. My head is like waters. That means that he bumps his head somewhere, his eyes start flowing. He sits down, he starts weeping. And we're not talking about chronic depression, we are talking about grief. And this is the place where the psalmist was. He was in grief. He was in pain. A time of bereavement, a time of sorrow, a time of calamity, burying of a loved one, loss of a job, news of bankruptcy, and myriads and hosts of other things. And here, he's pierced as with an arrow. Would you look at me, look with me through verse 10. Verse 10 says, as with the breaking of my bones, his grief is as if his bones were breaking. His grief is so heavy upon him, he feels crushed. That's his condition externally. Internally, he feels dry. He feels spiritually dry. He is dry. He can't pray. He can't praise. His joy is gone. He's in a place where he opens his mouth and all he can do is groan. 
Have you been there? I'm not just talking about women. Just, I'm talking about grown-up, muscle-bound men weeping. This psalm was not written by a woman. It says a psalm of David unto the sons of Korah. A mass kill. Nobody knows what a mass kill is. Scholars say mass kill means instruction. Therefore, if the Bible says this is for instruction, this is for our instruction. And the instruction we receive from this is that spiritually he is down. He can't read his Bible. And he says, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul longs for you. His soul is dried up. That's the place he is internally. Externally, there are enemies, whatever you call them. And internally, he is dry. Now, it's bad enough that he is struggling. On top of that, there are people who come next to him and ask, where is your God? Have you been there? I mean, the agnost draws close to you. Misery loves company. The atheist comes close to you. The unbeliever comes close to you and says, Now where is your God? You just buried your child. Where is your God? That's the condition of the psalmist. Last Sunday we were there when Brother Nilesh's father collapsed. Five minutes into the program, he had flown down from India to celebrate the first birthday of his granddaughter. Five minutes into the prayer, and I was praying. And I'm sure it's not my prayer that caused him to collapse. Because I wasn't praying so long. Three minutes into the prayer, and I tell you, this is by the Spirit of God. I picked up my phone and I had looked and asked the Lord, Lord, what should I pray for this child? The Lord had led me to Psalm 90, verse 12, which says, Teach us, O Lord, to number our days. I had just mentioned that verse. And I also mentioned verse 13, I think, which says that early by your mercy you will satisfy me. That was where I was going. I just opened to say that verse when we heard screaming and crying that this man had fallen down. We saw a man taken away. And within the next 12 to 15 hours, he died. And then the questions that were asking the top of our questions were, we prayed, Lord. We prayed. And there are brethren in this room who prayed nine months for the pregnancy to come through. And their child did come through. Even though the doctor said the child will be malformed, they said, we're praying. King David heard the news. He said that this child that will be born through your illegitimate relationship with Bathsheba will die. Yet he prayed. So the first lesson we learn from this psalm is, lesson number one is, run to God. That's lesson number one. That's how you deal biblically with grief. Run to God. 
not run from God. Elijah did that. And God had to come and seek him. A few months back, our brother had a message for us from the book of Elijah on how to deal with... Not the book of Elijah, book of the first kings. On how to deal with depression. But then he was running away from God. But this psalmist is running to God. Psalm 84. When will I come and appear before you, God? When you are crushed with anguish, number one, run to God. Find your comfort in Him. Question, where else will you go? Who else has got the answers? The skeptic in this room is asking, why should I go to God? My question to you is, where else will you find everlasting answers? Only in the Christian faith do you have a sufficiently satisfactory answer for struggles and suffering. You don't find it in Hinduism, which says that you pay in this life what you had done in the last life, and life is a cycle. You don't find it in Buddhism, which says that you need to give up everything. You don't find it in Islam, which says that the good and the bad is ultimately decided. But only in the Christian faith do you find an answer for suffering, satisfactorily, which makes sense. So the first thing you do is you run to God. You find yourself crushed, don't run away from Him. Don't take refuge in any other. The psalmist said, you are my refuge. You are my hiding place. We find Hannah had this. You remember Hannah? She did all this. First Samuel chapter 1 says that, and there was a man called Elkanah. He had two wives. One was Penina, the other was Hannah. And her adversary provoked her because she was barren. Because God had closed her womb. Was it of any fault of hers? God had closed her womb and her adversary was taunting her. Now listen to this. It says year by year. I don't know how long she was barren. But the Bible says year by year she used to go to the temple. This Psalm 42, verse 10, it says, while they say to me all day long, another translation says, while they say, while they say to me day after day. I mean, the man is not sad for one day. It's for a season. But yet, he learned to go to God. Hannah was barren, she was broken, she was taunted, just like the psalmist was, she was hurt, just like the psalmist was, but yet, she said to her husband, I'm not staying back, I'm coming with you, I want to worship this God. I submit to you brethren, hope is found in nowhere else, but in God. In your deepest trials, 
trust God. Book of Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And why? Why do you want to run to God? Because the book of Hebrews says that you have a high priest who is not distanced, who is not far away from you, but one who is acquainted with your griefs, who knows your trials, who knows your struggles. You need to go to him. The first reaction is to run away from God. That's why I submit to you, run to God. We just pause and we ask a few questions. We ask, why does God allow such situation in Elijah's life? One of the first questions that comes to mind is, why Lord? Why? Let me give you at least three or four answers from scriptures. Number one, he does that so that you would be like Jesus. That's the primary goal. Paul said, I am in labor pains until Christ is fully formed in you. The reason God allows struggles is because he wants us to be like his son. Number two, he allows us to go through struggles so that any remaining sin might be washed away. Three, he allows us to go through struggles so that we will learn to depend on him alone. Four, he allows us to go through struggles so that we know what to hand down to the next generation so that they would know how to walk without the lights. They would still be able to walk straight when the lights are off. How else would you deal to your younger generation on how to walk with God unless God puts you through this? Number two, he released his emotions. The psalmist released his emotions. What all did he do? He wept. I mean, weeping is not a girly thing. Even though girls do it better than us. They know how to weep in style. But we men are messy when we weep. We don't know how to weep, but this man, he didn't care. He wept. I submit to you, men, when you feel like weeping, weep. It's better out than in. How else did he let his emotions out? He sang. Let's look at that. It's a beautiful place over there which says, I will sing and your... Verse 8, The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me. I mean this man was singing. He is counterintuitive. His wisdom is not the...